You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 345, for the week of Wednesday, the 13th of February, 2019. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Scotty. This episode is brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and actionfigureblues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the gentle giant Thor animated statue, the Bundai Robot Spirits Pat Labor Griffin, and the McFarlane Toys Fortnite Black Knight action figure. I was about to say Happy Valentine's Day, but this will come out after Valentine's Day, and it's not Valentine's Day yet. Well, I was going to say Happy Valentine's Day Eve. Yes, indeed. Which is (laughs) what it really is like right now. That's right. It is. Say Happy Holidays instead. Yeah, sounds good. That's right. I'm sure Valentine's is offensive to someone. Yeah. (laughs) Scotty, Adam, how are we? I'm good. We are well. Excellent. Excellent, Mr. Scotty. What's been going on? Well. Uh, in podcast news, we are now on <laughs> Spotify. Ooh. Yeah. Very exciting. Does um, that mean uh, that we get, like, shuffled? So, like, if you just subscribe to an Action Figure Blue Spotify playlist, it just randomly puts the episode in whatever order? That's awesome. That's Is that what it does? Because like, that's know. how Spotify normally works, right? I yeah. haven't. All I've done is tested it. Um, Ben's printer is not on Spotify. You'll be pleased to know, or whatever that, <laughs> that beeping noise um, is. Although maybe we'll we'll it's get my, it. It's my heart about to stop. Yeah, it's <laughs> maybe we'll get it its own RSS feed. Um, someday people just want to listen to uh, to that. Um, but even if you listen to us somewhere else, just because we're new on Spotify, we're new kids. Uh, if you um, would like to support the show, you could go to Spotify and follow us um, just so that, you know, uh, we look like we've got friends. That would be great. But it's great <laughs> to be there. Um, very good. Very good. Uh, Spotify mm. also today announced that they uh, have bought my other favorite podcasting network besides us which is gimlet media who do some amazing uh, shows reply all which is one of my favorite um, podcasts and without fail etc and uh, Hmm. they have been bought by spotify which is really interesting so that's uh podcasting news um in in scotty news um i'm in sydney um Staying in my preferred chain of apartment hotels, uh, but the thing that I do not prefer, I, I have this kind of like idea that people who furnish service apartments should really have to live in them for yes. a few days because yes. they like it must be cool being a buyer for you know a chain of. Um, hotels, whatever, that has thousands of rooms because you can find like a chair and then say, okay, so we need about 5,000 of those or whatever. Um, but everywhere, you know, one of the reasons why I like this chain is that, you, you know, the rooms are really nice. You can cook for yourself. There's a desk and, you know, separate bedroom and blah, blah, blah. Um, but in every room, there is the same desk and chair. And the desk and the chair are obviously not made to be together 
or they're made mm-hmm. for people with really long torsos because <laughs> the, the highest that you can get the chair means that you still feel like you're at the kids' table. Um, uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm here yeah. at my desk uh, with my kind of, you know, elbows up on the, the table, <laughs> speaking, just, you know, hoiking myself up so I can speak into the microphone. Um, That's nice. I know. I've always so said that um, I've always said that restaurant owners, before they choose a chair, like cafe owners, etc., they should actually have to sit in a chair for two hours <laughs> before making the decision. Because oh, <laughs> a number of times you go to a nice cafe and you go, "Wow, it looks really good. What a great menu!" Man, these chairs suck. They're like cutting <clears> in <throat> my hamstrings. I was like, "What? Whose idea was this?" I so, I know. Yeah, so that's my that's my first world um, problem for <laughs> today. But yeah, we're on Spotify. That is very exciting. It is. It is. Yeah, Mister uh, Adam, anything yes. exciting for you? Uh, I got my remote control car running as expected over the weekend, which is <laughs> really expected. which was really good. And um, I took it out for a spin, and I was going pretty well in an abandoned parking lot. And I had a couple of crashes, and then I had a third crash where I hit like a trolley parking bay. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> it cracked the bodywork, which is fine. Oh. Um, that part I'm okay with because I'm getting another body. I don't already ordered another body shell anyway. Um, but the more fantastic part was there's two screws that hold the, um, the front nose and suspension onto the rest of the chassis. It shore the top off of one of them. So that that was just, you know, there's just a screw left in there, which I managed to get out of was. The other screw did not get the head sheared off it, but it's got a massive bend in it. So I enjoyed that and thought it was quite funny how much <laughs> damage it took without actually totaling the thing. Nice. So, yeah, that that's my highlight for the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Mr. Ben? Well, uh, I got bored, so I decided to go and pick up a whole bunch of those smart light bulbs and uh, also got a Google Home because we are a um, mostly Google uh, family, so you know, it uh, all goes together quite well. So, uh, you know, I've got it set up and you can obviously ask the Google Home to turn on certain lights in certain rooms and do certain effects. Uh, and, you know, it was all wonderful and we were enjoying asking you know, Google all these questions and, you know, what sound does this animal make? And the kids were having a grand old time. And then it descended into chaos, of course, where they're all talking over the top of each other. And she had absolutely no idea what to do. Um, and so I've been explaining to them that if uh, they don't behave themselves, she'll actually turn herself off and uh, they will uh, not get a chance to, to use her. But um, I also caught them sabotaging one another. So if you remember, you know, back to when you're a kid, uh, the best way of getting even with a sibling was to do something like, oh, I don't know, uh, flush the toilet while they're in the shower uh, or something like that. And of course, you know, <laughs> now we've, we've come so far, what you do is you ask Google to turn the light off in their room while they're in there. So that's... Uh, <laughs> Yes, so Whoa. it started off as a great idea, and uh, yes, it turned into chaos. So, but anyway, we haven't had the uh, um, the moment of singularity where it's taken over the house yet. So, I was going to say, how has Skynet settled into your house? <laughs> <laughs> we have the yes. Amazon version, and we 
we do we have some lights, but we I think they they work in some places as better than others. Um, we're fine. Yeah. Like so, uh, like in the bedroom and things. I think it's it's great. It's lovely being able to lie in bed and then just you know turn the light off with your voice. That's handy. Like the clapper. That's right. It's kind of like a less dorky clapper, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. it is. So, what have we, yeah. what have we acquired? Because I, I have an acquisition issue that I need to share. I have acquired nothing since the last show, I do believe. I've acquired an excellent case of awesomeness, but that's about it. Good on you. Good on you. Well, it was Keeping it real. Time. Yeah. Um, well, you, you I've, have. I've acquired a new problem. Uh, after having, you know, finally recovered from my Warner Brothers mystery mini uh, slight addiction, uh, obsessive compulsive issue, um, <laughs> I discovered <laughs> this week that there are bombshells mystery minis. Yeah. Dun dun dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun yeah. And they're doing this kind of <laughs> annoying thing. Sorry, I'm opening one right now. Like, I just can't stop. So it's just like constantly. This is like all I do now. Addiction yeah. <laughs> is real, folks. Yeah, it's real, guys. It's real. Um, they're doing this kind of annoying thing. It's the same thing they did with the, the, the Warner Brothers one, where they have like, a standard box, and then they have retailer exclusive boxes where that, you know, that retailer gets one that has three characters that are in any other box, which means that there's X number of combinations um, of them. So I know that there's at least two different variations of of these here. And, you know, I like my bombshells. So, um, but I actually did really well in the first um, round. I have bought um, 10 so far, and I only have had two duplicates. So oh, that's I was yeah. about to ask you how many Wonder Womans you have. So. No, nope, 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 nope. So, so far, Excellent. I have got Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Harley Quinn, Catwoman, Batgirl, Poison Ivy, Mira, and Zatanna. Ooh, and out of how many? Out, out of 12. In the, oh, cool. Hold on. Wonder, yeah, the 12. Well, the, so I think so far, to my knowledge, there are 15. Um. Altogether, and so I've got eight. Mm-hmm. Right, like, so, um, but the, of course, the two that in the set I'm currently trying to get that I really want are Katana and Black Canary, and I haven't. Uh, oh, and Mira, Mira was obviously my number one, so I got her. So that's good. But I just saw that and I was like, oh no. But anyway, you know, really, thank thankfully, Zing has got them for eight dollars Australian. Um. Which wow, is, that's actually a steal. It is a steal, and uh, mm. I'm like I mentioned, I'm in Sydney at the moment, and our home office is like around the corner from King's Comics. And uh, I realized today that it's a really good thing that I don't work here full time because I would visit there and eventually die of laughter from their overpriced toys and collectibles. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're like they had these for fourteen ninety five. Same thing, eight dollars at Zing, and I know how to charge. Man, they're the Minotaur of Sydney. Yes, yes, that's well, a, that's a pretty that's good. Unfair. <laughs> that's unfair. Nothing. I'm Minotaur, right? Yeah. Now, but. yeah. <laughs> 
I but I guess it's partly just because of where they are, and so they can. But well, yeah, and the um, there was a, a nearly twenty dollar price difference in the um item that I'm reviewing for my toy of the week tonight as well between yeah. Zing and and um, King's Comics. So, but yeah, that's my yeah. current problem. Yeah. Think of so me. what what's the go now? Do you do you attempt to get the last few you know just line boxing it or are you just going to say not enough and get on eBay and buy them? I'm going to definitely I'm going to probably have one more go at blind boxing and then I'm going to eBay because I that's the mistake I made with the Warner Brothers one. Just thinking, oh I could cuz I've got pretty I have kind of decent luck with this stuff like I and the the Warner of you know kind of deciding what I want and then getting it and oh my gosh I just got katana see what I mean <laughs> I'm going to so get you happy. to choose mine from now on amazing amazing like that time that I wanted the lego um mini uh, figure oh, of yes. Black yeah. Canary, and I was like, I'm not going to strap these. I'm going to buy one, and if I don't get Black Canary, just you know, well, screw it. And I got her. And I didn't even <laughs> try. And, I didn't even try and feel or anything. Right? I was just like, okay, well, I'm. So, but what what I've found is, let's see how I go here. Ah, no, I got another Wonder Woman. That's so good. We might as well open the last I j- one. I jinxed you earlier. You did no. Well, I mean, there's going to be there's going to be doubles, right? That's okay. I kind of you know when you when I go back to the well, I'm like, hey, if I get one new. Character, that's cool. Uh, and another Harley, that's all right. Okay, so I've got a couple of doubles now. Um, but yeah, so I got I got one new Katana's my most wanted, so that's that's cool. Oh, she's really cool. Anyway, this is not my toy of the week, so I'll stop talking about them. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yes, and if anyone needs a, a kid robot fry from Futurama, just you know, drop me a line, and you can have one of my five spares. So, <laughs> Oh, wait, it was also wait, the line that killed off my urge to blind box stuff. So I noticed that uh, Funko has got a Winnie the Pooh um, set, like they're you know, $10, kind of like a, a mystery mini, but they're slightly bigger and they're not blind box. They are, uh, you can, but they've got a little window box in them. I thought that was, that was cool. Um, and then probably something that I'll end up getting because I like Winnie the Pooh. There you go. <laughs> Somebody stop uh, me! <laughs> I'll live vicariously through you. I'm I'm done with blind boxing. So. Yeah, I I I was like, okay, I'm going to have one go at this on this trip. I'll allow myself to buy a few, and then before they go nuts, I am going to eBay for the ones that I don't get. Yeah, yeah, I think you've done pretty well. I have. I'm really happy. I you know I've got the the ones I really wanted, Mira and Katana. I've got them now, so I'm cool, man. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to take a break from all that excitement and uh, come back with more excitement. Hooray. We have three toys of the week for you in this episode, and Ben, as always, leads off. So, Ben, over to you. Make us jealous. Thank you very much, Mr. Scotty. Uh, Second week in a row I'm going to be talking about this particular line, and it is the Gentle Giant animated statue line, and uh, based on the artwork of Scotty Young, uh, taking some of those fantastic variant covers he's done in the past and uh, rendering them in 3D. So, uh, look, I'm not going to go into huge amounts of detail because you can just go to last week's show and uh, hear most of that. 
Uh, so uh, 2017 release and acquisition, these are on sale at Big Bad Toy Store, which is um, the reason that um, uh, I picked up some of these. So I am going to be looking at Thor. And uh, originally, after I got the Captain America, Thor was the only other one I was going to get. Um, but I was a little bit deflated by the paintwork on Cap, so I kind of put it off and Big Bad Toy Store sale pretty much pushed me back into it. Um, so these are itty-bitty statues. Thor stands about 12 centimetres or four and three-quarter inches tall, right to the very t- tippy top of his helmet. They'll set you back normally at normal retail, about US $65. Um, the packaging, uh, what I will mention about the packaging, because I won't go into huge detail because I did last week, is that the packaging is very statue-specific. Now, that sounds weird, but the size is what I mean. Um, they obviously don't go for a, a uniform sizing. Uh, I've got you know five of these now and the size of the boxes are just absolutely all over the place so clearly they designed the split styrofoam uh in a tray to to suit the piece uh and however big that comes out is is just how it is so um the punisher was actually very very small because he's actually relatively compact even though his arms are out uh it still allows for a quite a small box but um thor has the big flowing cape and everything and so um the box is almost double the size of what the punishers is so um uh yeah look these are good looking boxes they stand out on the shelf i think gentle giant uh pretty much have things under control in terms of that you know, nothing's overpowering it's it's good stuff all right i'm just going to move straight on um to the sculpt and um look they're, they're fun sculpts they're, i mean scotty young he's very good at what he does um obviously gentle giant scrutinize you know which image they're going to use etc um i think my my biggest gripe with this one is if you look at the art that this is based on um it's clearly thor in flight so he's um obviously you know flying he's got mjolnir out and his other hand out to sort of balance him etc um, and I don't know that that translates particularly well to this piece. And the way they've done it, the the one leg up is actually on the base and the other leg is trailing behind him, um, kind of almost hanging off the base. It's, it's attached, but it's not on the flat surface of the base. It's actually attached to the side of the black disc. Um, and so it kind of almost looks like he's... He's running and stepping up onto the base where, you know, it's actually meant to be a flying pose. So not sure what they could have done to actually achieve a flying pose, whether you could have sort of stuck a a clear rod or something to elevate him off of that base. That's probably what I would have preferred. I think having a couple of these um, figures stand a bit taller than the others would actually be really good for for display. You could put the sort of the higher ones in the back, uh, et cetera. So, yeah, the actual art art design, I'm a bit, yeah uh, anyway um moving on to the sculpt uh there's a lot of fun stuff going on here i think scotty young does some characters much better than others uh and i think he's he's captured the the spirit of thor here um he's got a a pretty determined uh look on his face pretty confident uh look on his face as he's obviously off to do something um this is actually one of thor's later costumes the one where he's got the scale mail on the arms um, rather than the sort of the traditional Kirby uh, design, etc. Um, so, you know, make of that what you will, depending on your favourite Thor costume. Um, there is a lot of nifty little things happening with this one. The Punisher didn't have a lot of scope um, for detail just because of the nature of the, 
the design, whereas this one, um, there's lots of little groovy things happening with the hair. Um, they've got that kind of, um, you know, uh, ruffian kid hair all over the place going on. Uh, he's got his little helmet on with the wings outside, but to sort of, you know, add to that kind of juvenile feel, he's got a little propeller on top of his helmet. Um, there's some subtleties. At first, I thought the uh, the scales on his arms and legs were just painted on, but they're not. They are actually fully sculpted, which is kind of cool. Um, I thought, you know, they might be sort of skimping on some of that detail. But um, anything that should have a, a different surface feel is actually uh, is raised. So the discs on his chest, for example, um, aren't just painted on. They are actually sculpted on, um, and they're quite uh, prominent. So... That's actually pretty cool. Um, I, I think the face is the standout for me, uh, just that expression, the mouth, the way it's done. Um, the two different sized eyes are, are really quite groovy. Um, but then on the flip side, it's actually, um, you know, there's there's some elements that I just I don't find particularly good. So Mjolnir uh, is, is actually quite poor. Um, the, the head of the hammer is uh, effectively just a grey block. Like there's almost no detail whatsoever. They've clearly not made any effort to try and put the inscription on the side of the hammer. And I imagine, you know, at this size, it would be relatively difficult to capture. Um, but there's just nothing at all. There's not even any texture that makes it look like, um, you know, I mean, even though, Ur, you know, um, was it Ur is a, a metal, it does actually have that kind of stone appearance. Um, this just looks like a piece of grey chalk sort of thing. So there's, um, you know, I think, Whereas there's some fine detail, there's uh, some elements that they've missed, and I guess you could arguably say that that's how it is in the uh, in Scotty Young's art. Well, I was actually going to, you know, ask like, is that deliberate because it is a cartoonish thing? Yeah, I mean, the way they've done in in the promo art, well, not the promo art, but I guess the the art that it's based on. Um, Scotty Young doesn't go into that level of detail. Like he, he, he. I mean, he's, he's effectively drawing a cartoon character, you know, Calvin and Hobbes style. So, you know, he doesn't render stone to look like stone, etc. Um, so, whereas you know, I mean, there's plenty of drapery in the costume, which is cool. So he's got little creases, you know, running through his tunic, um, which is actually quite fun. Um, you know, but all up, you know, it's not too bad. Uh, you can tell that this statue is actually um, in pieces. So you can see the cape is a, a very definite um, separate piece because you can see the glue um, where it's actually been stuck on his back. And, you know, they actually haven't done yeah, probably the best job that they could do. And I would actually say that the right arm oh, – sorry, the left arm – I had him back to front um, – the left arm is actually a separate piece and is glued on uh, later. So, um, yeah, it's pro the construction there is probably not quite as sharp as it could be. Um, yeah, a bit disappointing. All right, in terms of uh, the actual um, paint, uh, look, a lot of it is, is obviously spot on. You know, cape is red, hair is yellow, um, you know, Mjolnir is not purple, so, hey, that's great. Um, but... They've got this kind of strange thing going on where they're highlighting the piece and they can't seem to make up their mind what they want to do. So in areas like his ears and things like that, instead of actually sculpting the detail in his ears, they've actually used very fine black lines to bring out that detail. And that's great because um, it looks a lot like the the artwork and, you know, it's it, it, 
it picks up nicely from his eyebrows and what they've done in the mouth as well, and that actually looks really good. But then for the hair, instead of using, you know, some kind of wash, they use, they've used these very, very prominent brown lines on, on every kind of wisp of hair to um, to highlight it, and it's, it's, you know, it's very, very obvious. Now, that would be fine if it was actually consistent uh, mm. across the piece, but it's not. So... Then there's other elements like the scales where they've chosen to go for a wash um, and they've run a, a black wash over the scales to bring out, you know, the, those little grooves in the armour. Um, but then the cape has absolutely nothing of any kind uh, except for some black wash down the centre. There's For some reason in the cape, there's actually a groove right down the centre uh, and they've decided to accentuate that by running a black wash through it, um, which looks kind of awkward, I guess. And so... You know, that's that's fine. But then the hammer has no highlights of any kind. Um, so I'm kind of like, well, what, what are you going for? Can you just kind of pick one or the other? Can you just use a wash to bring out highlights? Or can you just, I mean, for example, if they're doing these brown lines to highlight the hair, why wouldn't you use some lighter grey to bring out the edges of the hammer, etc.? So, um, you know, it's or maybe even a, a lighter grey on the discs on his tunic to sort of bring out those uh, reflections because none of those metallic elements look metallic. So the the discs, the scale mail, his helmet, um, none of them are actually painted with any kind of shiny, um, you know, any kind of gloss or metallic paint. They're just a, a matte grey, basically. So um, in terms of the application, um, not as good as the Punisher, but nowhere near as bad as Captain America. Uh, there's... You know, a little bit of slop, particularly with the red belt. Um, that's obviously red just painted over the black tunic. Uh, and then, you know, that obviously comes down to just uh, how good the person's hand is, whether um, Gertie was actually having a, a good day. Um, you know, it is what it is for a hand-painted collectible in this price range. Like, it's they haven't actually ruined, um, for example, you know, the, the face by getting flesh tone all over the eye or something like that. Um but what I have done with mine is when they've painted the uh, his helmet, they've actually managed to get some of the grey paint on the wings. Um, now, I don't know whether they have some sort of assembly line type situation where Gertie does one particular thing and then hands it, you know, to her sister or something, but I can't imagine the white paint was that far away. So when you get the grey paint of the helmet on the white wings, would it have been that hard to just go and grab some white paint to paint over it? Uh, but obviously not. So uh, they haven't done that. And the other thing is I've got a little smudge that's almost in the middle of the white part of his large eye. And uh, I was trying to work out whether it was a highlight or just an error. Uh, and comparing it online, I'd say it's a, it's a bit of an error. So somehow they've actually managed to get a mark kind of on the white eye and I'm going to try and clean that up because um, it's quite distracting but um, you know it's you know that's a bit disappointing I guess um, the last thing which uh, irks me is he's uh, very off balance uh, he's very front heavy despite that huge cape kind of sticking out the back um, just the nature of him leaning forward I mean as I said he's in theory you know, in flight, but 
I was kind of, I had him sitting on my desk and I was just sort of pushing the back of his helmet a little bit. And then, yes, he started to tip forward. Um, and then for some reason, I decided to have a look on the base. And normally with these kind of pieces, and even some of the bigger, you know, sideshow statues, you generally get the little rubber um, stoppers, bumpers, whatever you want to call those things that go between the base and whatever you're putting it on that, you know, stop the um, furniture getting scratched and things. And generally they put four on uh, a circular base, uh, usually one in each of the quartiles and makes sense. Uh, this one has five and they are arranged in a way that if you were looking at his disc base and it was a clock face, um, the very front of the, the, the disc is a six and there's three on the bottom that are arranged at basically five, six and seven. And then there's two up the back at probably, you know, 10 or two o'clock. So clearly somebody knew that this was actually off balance. And so they've deliberately um, arranged those kind of, you know, those little pads on the bottom to try and, you know, counter that a bit. Um, and it actually hasn't worked that well. So I can only imagine if they had uh, had four. Have you considered, like, getting some fishing weights and attaching them to the base somehow? <laughs> like on the I, underneath uh... of it to hold it down? <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's not he's not too bad, but I mean if if somebody bumped him from behind, he would definitely fall over. Um, yep. So so um, yeah, so you'd have to, like he wouldn't fall over if uh, if someone slammed a door, for example. Um, so, but that is that's a bit disappointing, though. I think that you know, in terms of, I'm always bemused by whether it's action figures or statues or whatever that when things like that happen, it's like, you know, an action figure that is so top heavy that it just is, it couldn't possibly stand up. And you're like, really? Did no one kind of work that out in the process that, oh, by yeah. the way, this could fall over all the time? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you remember, the lowest uh, score I've ever given was to those, I think it was the Playmates um, regular show figures. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and, of course, um you know, when, when the legs are that skinny and then the joints are so loose that they had just no hope in hell of standing up. But somebody gave the okay to this. Someone went, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. You know, yeah. let's let's go with that. Um, let's make money. Probably, who, you know, probably someone who worked at DC Direct back in the day. Yeah, some of their, I, I remember um, <laughs> the Wonder Woman line that was based on Terry Dodson art and beautiful and I still think like the best Wonder Woman you know, an action figure, but there was a Cersei figure in that line that was a beautiful sculpt, etc. Had this cape and everything, but even with a stand, she couldn't stand up. She would still yeah. fall over, and it was just like, "What? How does this? How can this be a thing?" You know, I don't, I don't understand how. <laughs> how are you that bad at your job? Yeah, yeah like just the, yeah. you know, and and there's enough um, technology. Well, I I don't know, but I. I there's enough technology, I would think, to be able to predict that in the design phase before anything actually gets made. You know, like based mm. on the the weight of materials, etc. So it's always, you know, bemused, bemused me. <laughs> yes. So look, I, I keep trying to do this thing where. Um, you know, when you're buying high-end sideshow pieces, you've obviously got uh, much higher expectations. Uh, this is something that costs you know 90% less than what some of these sideshow pieces uh, are costing. So um, I'm trying to sort of keep that in perspective. Um, 
I think I've sounded pretty negative so far, but it, it, it is a fun piece. I mean, I obviously love this character. Um, as I said, I think, you know, the, the expression on his face is fantastic and, and he fits in so well with the others, with Cap. Um, I, I just think, you know, there's just a few things that didn't quite, you know, hit the mark. Um, unfortunately, and I, you know, I don't think this is consistent with the line. So I don't remember having these kinds of comments about Captain America, um, you know, with the different washes and, and, and paint apps. So maybe it was just the way they decided to put Thor together. Um, I've got a couple more of these, which I will, uh, you know, talk about in uh, future episodes. So, uh, look, um, I can live with the, the off balance because if you leave him alone, you know, he's pretty much fine. Um, you know, I can live with the weird highlighting choices. Um, it is, you know, what it is. Maybe that's just personal taste. I would have done it slightly different. Um, but I'm actually quite annoyed at the paint on the white wing and the smudge on the eye. That's just something that shouldn't get through QC. Um, and the other thing is in the, the the joins, the seams where they've glued um, his cape on and that arm uh, are actually quite obvious to the point where I can see some of the blue. Um, it's not just, a, you know, a little sort of gap where they join yet. You can actually live with that. So look all up, I think I'm probably going to give this one 7 out of 10 dollies. Hmm. This, it's obviously a, a style, and I think it's it's a clever property for someone like Gentle Giant to produce because some people will collect them all because they like the style, but then some people mightn't buy them all, but they'll buy the one of the character that they really like. In, in Australian money, by the time they get here, they're not cheap. Like you, if you're no. full price, you're definitely looking at over $100. That's right. Yep. For the size, and that's the kind of main thing that put me off. But um, definitely fun. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of choices that Gentle Giant make in the future, that could be heavily influenced by new bosses. Mm-hmm. So they've been bought by Diamond. They have indeed. They have indeed. Very interesting. I and, think this is a good match. I, when you think mm. about the sort of properties that they um, do and the kind of items that they produce, I actually – like I, I think it's a good match. I know, uh, I think I mentioned a little while ago on the show that it, it seemed apparent that General Giant was uh, perhaps struggling a bit. There were layoffs, um, etc. So yeah. it's not a surprise to to see that some things um, change there. There's some really great talent um, that is uh, associated with General Giant and yeah. I, I hope that that flows onto Diamond and that the best of the two can uh, combine. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that um, you know, Gentle Giant were billing themselves for quite some time as being the leaders um, in, in this space in terms of 3D rendering and um, and you know creating uh, items like this and, and selling those services to people so uh, you, you know you could actually you could buy designs off of artists and then have gentle giant produce them for you etc um, but obviously you know that hasn't taken off in a huge way I think Funko we're using a lot of gentle giant services for that sort of stuff as uh, gentle giant turns up you know on a lot of Funko um, labels and boxes and whatnot I, I think what I like is that uh, you know for a long time now diamond have been sticking 
in particular, particularly with their statues in certain scales, uh, whereas Gentle Giant have been known to produce um, quarter scale pieces in the past, which Diamond hasn't. So I'm wondering if this kind of really opens up, you know, that range of uh, of potential, you know, scales in the future. I hope they keep the brand. Hmm. It's a. Uh... It, it does say they are planning to. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because I, th- I think it, it'll be interesting to see whether they let it run as you know, business as usual in terms of the lines they produce or whether um, that starts you know, kind of changing. But I can see some, um, you know, if you think about things like their uh, Jumbo Star Wars and you know, that sort of stuff that General Giant's been doing, um, yeah. you know, that, that's something that could be fun to see kind of hit some other properties. Um, so yeah, good on them. Let's hope mm, it's a, very good. A, happy, a happy marriage. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> very good. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. And we will take a short break and we'll come back with our second Joy of the Week. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might like a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, we are back for our second toy of the week, and uh, Adam, our uh, trusty middleman, is bringing us something pretty darn cool. Take it away. Thank you, thank you, Ben. So... Uh, those of you that have listened to the odd episode before will know that I fancy the Japanese figures uh, and I liked me some anime and manga. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll also recall that I have looked at the Pat Labore figures in the past. Uh, I think I've reviewed most, if not all of them today. Um, this figure is, I think, what we'll find is the last figure from the Pat Labore series. We haven't had any announcements of anything recently that I have seen. Uh, and it's kind of fitting because in terms of the main series of Pat Labor, at least the TV show, um, the first series, this was kind of the big bad at one point. There were a bunch of episodes after this uh, mech appeared and was dealt with, but largely this was the last big bad in terms of a particular mech that showed up as a bad guy. Um, and this is the Shaft Enterprises Japan Type J9 Griffin. Uh, it's from the Robot Spirits line from Bandai, and it's uh, marked as a side labor because I think the side is basically telling you it's uh, which side or which which um, property it's from, and labor is patentable. So if we go and look at the full name, the Shaft Enterprises Japan Type J9 Griffin. So Shaft Enterprises is the uh, fictional company behind the Griffin. Japan is obviously saying it's their Japanese uh, franchise producing it. Uh, the Type J9 would be the actual designation of the mech, and the Griffin is like, you know, how you would say there's a, 
a forward focus, but internally to forward they might follow to something else. Um, so that's the story behind the name. The fear itself was released in 2018. I got mine uh, in early 2019 because, you know, why, why get something early if you can get a whole lot of stuff at once? Um, and <laughs> if you're looking to purchase one of these, it goes for somewhere between $75 and $80 US, depending on who you go through. Uh, the box is the standard for this line. So essentially you get a fully enclosed cardboard box that doesn't have any windows, so you can't kind of check on the paintwork on your particular figure, which would probably put some people off. But you get some great shots of the figure in action on the front, uh, the sides and the back. Uh, you also get some nice um, logos. So you get the number, which the R number for this is 239, so that's the 239th robot they've done. You get the shaft logo of the sexy legs on the top of the box. Um, and I don't think you get it anywhere else, which is a bit sad because I like that logo. Um, yeah, so it's a, a very nice thing. Uh, and on the back, you also get a bunch of stats about this fictional robot mech, uh, letting you know that it stands 8.55 metres tall. Uh, it weighs 7.15 tonnes. There's a 7.6 tonne and a 3.5 tonne. And the things explaining what that are are all in Japanese. So I won't try and explain that, but I would assume that's uh, with different loadouts of weapons. Um, and there are some different widths. I assume the 4.6 to 4.3 are metres. Um, but again, I can't confirm that. But there you go. There's information about your fictional mech that you've just received. Um, inside the box, there are two sets of trays that, that are all stacked. So the top set has the main figure, uh, the hands, couple of other little accessories, including part of a flight stand. The bottom has the other, one of the key accessories and the rest of the flight stand, um, and they all go back together. Unlike a figure arts uh, figure where you get the, the window and therefore you have, like, the backing coloured card, you don't get that coloured card, but you do still get instructions on how to play with your dolly. In this case, you <laughs> kind of want to have a look. If, if you don't understand how to play with this one, you're – probably going to work out most of it and some of it you might just they're going oh did i break the toy or not um and in some cases you might have in other cases you probably haven't so the figure itself is quite heavy it's uh, a large hunk of very stylized black plastic some of the photos you'll see online um make it look like the the plastic is painted black or that there's some kind of um like a brushed look to the plastic. In real life, it is not brushed. It is not painted black. It is just a uh, high gloss black and it looks super sexy. I don't want to try and touch it too much and leave fingerprints all over it because they'll stand out quite obviously, I would think. Um, so it's got a, a good range of articulation. It's got the what I consider now standard um ball-jointed head, so the head is articulated at the top of the neck, the neck is articulated into the chest. For this line, it's different from a figure arts in terms of the shoulders. It doesn't have a butterfly shoulder. It's more just like a ball joint, but I think it's a double ball joint. The arms have, um, for those that haven't seen these or heard us talk about them, the arms are stylized in terms of the joints at the elbows, 
um, and really just that whole bicep area because it's kind of done to show you, you know how in a, an accordion bus or articulated bus you have that kind of, um, well, the articulated section that looks a bit like an accordion. It's that kind of thing so you can see that that's sculpted over a bunch of where in, the, in an actual robot there would be a bunch of mechanical stuff that you don't want to get your fingers caught in. Um, and so it's sculpted to look like that and it just uh, provides a swivel point at the shoulder to the top of bicep and a cut and and a ball joint at the elbow, which is really nice. Um, so get that. It's got really nice looking pauldrons. Um, it has a, does it have one or two points? Two points of articulation at the waist. So it's got a mid torso cut with a ball joint and a waist cut with a ball joint. Um, the mid-torso is really not so much mid-torso once you actually take into account the size of the giant chest pack on this thing. Uh, there is the wonderful paddle of war crotch piece going on there. So it looks like a very big cod piece. But it has the – or has retained the – Sorry, can I just clarify? When you say the wonderful Pat Labor crotch piece, is that <laughs> sarcasm or um, – It just seems to be standard across this thing and, like, it's from the design in the, the um, property. But you don't kind of necessarily realise how prominent it is until you've got one of these figures and every time you go to pick it up, it's actually really handy for, for holding it. You just grab it by the crotch. Um, it's probably helpful if you're an American president, you know exactly where to grab it. Um, oh, my gee. <laughs> um, but because it's just this kind of, it really is like a knob that, that just pokes out the front of it and hangs down. Um, yeah, it, it's just a bit unique, but it's very useful to hold a figure. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's the most beautiful looking thing, but it's very practical at least in a figure. Um, and then the legs have a, just a swivel joint into the crotch piece, but then they have this unique, weird way of kind of there's a ball joint at the top of it or a swivel at the top of the thigh, but this weird leg extension system that it has where there's like, I'm trying to think what muscle group that would be. I don't really care. Um, but there's essentially this little piece that sticks out at the top of the the thigh area and then that has a a double jointed like a swivel that happens there hinge and it essentially gives you that ability to extend the leg sideways a little bit and then down um or just straight sideways so you can get that little bit of extra movement it allows you to get some of the kind of dynamic poses as far as making it like the the legs poking out a bit further without having to do much, but it, because of the way the rest of the leg is structured, it's not really visible, um, which I think is really cool, and it's something I'd love to see applied to other figures, but I don't think you could do it without a heavily armoured leg. Um, from there, you have just a straight um, double-hinged knee uh, and a ball-jointed ankle with some level of toe articulation, yeah. So all in all, very well articulated, hands are removable, arms are removable, and then you get to the, access the key accessory for this, which is a giant uh, wing pack, which clips onto the back of the figure. 
I have done this with mine. I am trying to gently take it off and I'm not going to succeed, so I'm going to leave that alone. Um, essentially, it's like a, a big pack, kind of a big utility backpack thing. It has two jet turbines out the back of it or at the bottom of it, and attached to the sides of that are two really big wings. They articulate in terms of you can turn the wings basically through 360 degrees uh, around the, the centre line of the figure. Uh, you can fold the wings back in a bit so they tuck in to the sides or you can spread them back out and get a larger wingspan. Um, so this is because the figure actually at one point does have this jetpack and can fly around a bit using it. Uh, there is also a tail fin that you can put in and if you don't want to use the tail fin, there is like a little piece you can put in to plug that over so it doesn't look quite so bad at the back. Um, so in that regard, if you put both of those on and set it up, it looks a bit like it's a, a jet fighter had sex with a, a mech um, and didn't produce yeah. a transport. <laughs> Which it's totally possible. Yeah, and, I mean, it's a very sexy-looking robot, so, you know, <laughs> who, who wouldn't want to hit that if you were a jet fighter? Um, in terms of I feel paint, like that, that's a great sound clip. Who wouldn't want to hit that if you're a jet fighter? <laughs> that's my new, new ringtone. That's the name of my album. <laughs> Carry on. By Ben Mulder and the podcasters. Sounds like an excellent indie band. I'm writing myself a note. <laughs> <laughs> I've just noticed the actual upper arm does have somewhat of a butterfly and it ends up looking a bit like the, um, the leg, but it's out of the shoulder. So that's interesting. Um, the paint on this is not so much. It's largely a lot of um, kind of purpley grey moulded plastic or black moulded plastic. There are metallic red highlights, which are very minimal. They're done perfectly well and they show up brilliantly. Uh, the neck has kind of grey bits and it has some silvery um, kind of actuated looking neck cords that happen there. They're fine. There's some black plastic in the, the chest piece. Um, there's nothing wrong with any of the paints, so that's nice. The arms I talked about, they're removable. So this is the point where you might think, oh, crap, I've broken my figure, but you haven't if you read your dolly instructions. The arms are deliberately designed to be removable. Um, I haven't gone back and watched this show in a long time, so I can't comment as to exactly why, but it looks like they are... Um, it would either be in the show something to do with having removable arms, either to reproduce things from the show or because there's some kind of jet propulsion system that happens there. I haven't gone and checked up on that. Um, that's poor research on my behalf. But it's good to know that they are intended to do that. For those that have seen or have the Dragon Ball Z Android 16 figure, it's a similar thing to how on that figure you can remove the arms to do the um, Hell Cannon attack. So that's cool. I like that they have made it easy to reattach them. Um, there's kind of a little bit of a trick to it in terms of you just have to line up the um, the different patterns on the two arms and then it just snaps back together, so that's cool. In terms of swap-out hands, which is always a thing with these kind of lines, um, there are a decent range. The hands on this, by the way, um, they kind of look a little bit like a robotic version of one of the nine ring rays from Lord of the Ring in terms of hands, so they've got that kind of... <laughs> sculpted, armoured, clawed look to them, which um, 
I think it's kind of cool, but it is kind of an intimidating look um, if you consider what that would be like, particularly at the size of a robot that's eight and a half metres tall. Um, so it starts equipped with kind of two loosely open hands. There are two wide open hands. There are two punchy hands. There are two um, kind of karate chop hands and one right hand with a thumbs up. So is that if a, you want to... Is that a thing? Like is that something a, a show accurate uh, thing? I don't think of thumbs up when I think of robots, but I don't know the, the show, so... I would assume it would have to be because I can't think why else it would be done. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, there are, as I've said, there's a swap out uh, rear fin or rear fin placeholder. There is the crotch piece for the figure stand. Um, so all of these, there is like a little groove in the back of the um, the butt area where you can fit this this little crotch piece, which is essentially just a piece that clips in there and has a hole in the bottom so that you can put the figure stand up its butt crack. Um, if you want to have your figure jumping, launching, flying around, it's all about butt cracks and, <laughs> and sexiness. This is the best <laughs> toy review ever. Um, other accessories, there is a flight stand, which is done in nice red translucent colours. The base has the sexy shaft legs logo. You can choose how you want to set your stand up. So there are a few different variants on that, which is quite good. Um, so essentially there's a nice chunky red um, also in translucent plastic, which is the base part. There's an extender, so kind of just a standard extender for uh, an Act 4 or I think this is probably an Act 5 stage. Um, there are extra swivel points and there are the clip-on arms if you want to hold your figure around the waist. The final accessory is a damaged um, AV-98 or AV Ingram-98 um, Unit 2 head. So that would be, you know, for for during the flight with this thing, I'm pretty sure it totals um, Unit 2, uh, rips the head off. And so you get to see the exposed mm-hmm. kind of um, gubbins inside of the neck area. Uh, the visor on the unit two is smashed, so it's got some green or broken green translucent plastic in there. Um, otherwise, it's it's a pretty good looking nick. Um, it's got the antennae both still on it, but it's nice to see that they've done that. I'm not sure how you would interact with this particular head apart from to just scatter it around the floor or have it in the hand of the griffin. Um, I'm pretty sure that is not going to fit on a unit two figure um so that's interesting that it's there i always find it interesting when there's a oh yes and there's the head of another mech or other figure that you can have for this that's because it's been um defenestrated but without having that i guess some people would be upset but having that i'm kind of going okay but i don't if i don't have that figure and i'm not willing to take a head off it to make it look like it's the head that's on the ground, then it kind of looks a bit naff. Um, but that's one where I think you could have some fun with it. If you did have the Unit 2 figure, you just take the head off, flop the, the robot on the ground and leave the head somewhere else. Um, could be good for a display. So overall, I really, really like this figure. Um, I was surprised how much I enjoyed this figure, given that um, it's something I haven't, had a lot to do with in a long time and it's 
you know, largely just a piece of high-gloss black plastic. But it's a really cool design. Um, it's got a lot of really cool, fun features about it. I really enjoy playing with the wings on it. Um, and, yeah, I, I think this is fantastic. I think the $80 price point, there's a lot of – it's high, but there's a lot of unique um, sculpting that's gone into this. I would think the reused pieces are probably – the chest area is similar to the Ingrams. You would have had some detailing changes. Um, the hip mechanisms, the waist and torso, um, possibly some of the elbow pieces would be reused, but there would be still a lot of unique tooling for this. So I think it's a fair thing to charge that kind of price for this figure. Um, yeah, I think overall I would give this 9 out of 10 maybe. Hmm, that'd be 9 out of 10. He's very slick. It really is. Like, you know, if, you, if you're going to be a big-ass robot, this is a, a pretty cool look to have. Yeah. It's, like, it'd be pretty terrifying to come up against this thing uh, mm. in, in a normal robot or, you know, yeah. just on the street. Though it is a panel beater's nightmare. Yes. Uh, it will show every scratch, you know. <laughs> every does bit, it every scale dust. Appro- <laughs> yeah. Does it scale appropriately with your other pet labor stuff? Yeah, they're all typically around about the same size in the show. I think this one is a bit bigger, um, which is about right. This kind of, to me, this is feels a little bit like like if a cockroach was a robot. Yeah, I can see that. Like it's, it's all kind it's of black. Yeah, it's yeah. Got- especially when they decide to fly, and you're like, that just shouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Very awesome. Good. Awesome. Oh, very. Thank you very much, Mr. Adam. We're going to take a break now. We're going to come back with our third and final Toy of the Week. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X Heroes by author Peter Kleins. X Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, we are back with our final toy of the week. Mr. Scotty has our anchor position, and he is bringing us something pretty cool. It is indeed. And sticking on the topical toy news theme for this episode from Ben's review, I'm reviewing something from McFarlane Toys, which is not a company that I usually collect things from. Um, But the announcement that McFarlane is taking on the – DC uh, collector's license um, from Mattel raised a lot of interest in our collector community on Facebook today and some discussion and various opinions. And it made me then think of a toy that I had been admiring in a, a shop recently. And for research purposes and your listening pleasure, I went back to buy it to talk about it uh, because I think this could be a 
hopefully a good omen of what might come. So, Gosh, you're good to us. Well, thank you. No, right. The <laughs> Fortnite, of course, is the game that is currently eating the brains of the youth of today. The uh, licensing of the toys and collectibles for Fortnite is really clever when you look at it because the displays of stuff all look like they go together very neatly, but when you, and they do, when you look at the different SKUs, they are all produced by different companies. So mm. they have done a good job of parsing out the licenses, as it were. And the collector end of this, which they are seven inch action figures, is being done by McFarlane Toys. So this is the space that the, and, and they have announced that they will be producing. DC multiverse products. So the branding, um, it'll be interesting to see mm. what that actually looks like. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I made the comment on last week's show when Eddie and I were talking, um, with just some of the latest mul multiverse releases and, um, news from Mattel. It's like typically, of you know, it's getting interesting and looking good right when they lose the license. There you go. So um, we don't know yet whether any of the talent or um, team are going to translate over into that new space. But when you think of action figures and McFarlane, if you've been around as long as Ben and I um, have, then you know McFarlane action figures have a bit of a a reputation for being staction figures, you know, statues, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, as, as it were, um, all sculpt, no articulation, etc. And they, they've had mm -hmm. varying goes at this, you know, over the years. Um, you know, what, what's the spawn is the, is their longest, biggest line, isn't it? Is that? Yeah. I mean, uh, if you want to go right, right, right back, obviously Spawn went for quite some time. But I mean, then he's he's had some pretty successful, um, long running franchises with things like his um, sports figures, you know, like the NHL, oh, yes, and yes. also his dragons, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely the ten trillion iterations of Spawn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they've done their color tops lines walking dead being i think the most prolific um with a a higher degree of articulation than some of the uh previous but still with some uh, i guess limitations you know as it were and so i i was before this announcement i had already noticed these seven inch figures and i'm reviewing the black knight which is one of four in in the first wave um because they were mcfarlane and they looked highly articulated with uh, what looked like really great sculpts. And so I saw this again at lunch today after I read the news and thought, oh, well, what the heck? Um, let's talk about it. So this is a 2019 release in terms of packaging. And there is a little photo album up on our Facebook page in case you would like to play along. Um, the packaging collector friendliness, I'm going to give a uh, three out of four stars it is a window box it has a tray that comes out that has all of the uh, action figure 
part, well, most of the action figure parts and accessories in it. There are a couple of evil twist ties involved. Um, and I was lulled into a false sense of security because they're clear. So I was like, oh, great. No, oh, no twist ties. Oh, there they are. Um, but only around the arms. Everything else is pretty easy. Um, and I think he will, and pieces will go back into um, that tray without a lot of complaint. Uh, it does come with a stand as well, which is great. But the stand is blister-packed to the back of the window box, which I find really odd. So if I want to use the uh, stand, I'm going to have to rip that off the back of the box. And Aye. then... I know, and that like the inside back of the box, and then make that not pretty. So that I think is a bit of a wah wah, um, and really could have been done differently. I don't quite understand. Um, so three out of four collector friendly packaging stars. Um, and there's always there's always something. Uh, when you look then at what this uh, fellow comes with, um. He has three accessories. Oh, sorry. So I should say that the Black Knight in Fortnite is one of the um, more harder to get skins. Well, I don't think you can get it anymore. It was a like season. I don't know Fortnite very well, everyone. Um, the, like, I think it was a season <laughs> two um, exclusive scene, and you had skin, and you had to get up to tier seventy or something to to get him. So he's you know one of the the more I- exclusive Fortnite skins. Um, and uh, if you have a look at the the um, art of this character the figure is a pretty darn good 3d um, representation of him uh he comes with some uh kind of packed on accessories we'll just talk about in a moment but then three loose accessories which is a shield uh a kind of weird tommy gun um thing which doesn't feel very black knightish but there you go and then a um axe slash tomahawk I don't is there a technical word for that no 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 <laughs> I was enjoying that immensely I have to say <laughs> <laughs> the, the axe tomahawk I, I don't know what you would call it it's uh, it's obviously some um, yeah sort of okay. cobbled together thing that he it's, uses it's a, so yeah. I, I think you're free to just go crazy with this one wonderful it's, it's a mishmash of actual items rather than meant to be anything you know of its own it's from a video game people come on um the shield pops into his back which is handy so that can kind of travel and he can hold the tommy gun and the uh axe knife tomahawk thing and that means that there are no extra easy to lose bits which is Great. He has got 22 points of articulation. So this is, I think, the noteworthy bit when we're thinking about them taking on the multiverse line. Um, so he's got neck articulation, uh, shoulder, bicep swivel, elbow, articulated wrists, torso. Uh, can't 100% tell. I don't think there's an ab crunch. Oh, wait. Nope. Um, but that might, I don't know, that might be just this particular figure because he's got a breastplate that is glued on. Um, wrist, uh, quite 
funky kind of T crotch legs with ball joints, which we'll kind of come back and talk about in a moment. Um, knees and then um, ball jointed ankles with toe articulation. Um, so, and and I had a look at the other figures as well. In this line, there are four that are based on the um, some of the Fortnite skins, and there they uh, all of the all of them have kind of similar styling of articulation, and the the two bits of it that I have to say I don't love. Um, the arms are great, like they're they're really um, you know nice nicely done pretty kind of standard can see them translating well um the the two bits that i don't love are the the hips and crotch um the black knight has got a waist coach thing that sits over it's a slip on in in assembly that sits over his waist that covers up the uh, kind of ch- weird chunkiness of the pelvic piece, I guess you'd have to call it, and the, in a way that uh, makes it look not as prominent as the two other figures. There's a skeleton man in uh, Raptor, and there you can see really clearly that the, the uh, you know, what it is that's weird is that there is an ab piece, and the ab piece is quite thin, and um, so the Black Knight doesn't, that's not kind of shown off in quite the same way because he's got the breastplate, but the ab piece is quite thin and it's almost like thinner than the the waist, so it's a bit of an unusual um, shape. So that that is not pretty. Um, the other thing that I don't find particularly pretty is the ball jointed ankles. Like it's a really prominent um, ball joint uh, that uh, you get a good range of of motion, but it just looks ugly. So. Um, you know, think are definitely the kind of points of articulation that you want are there. Um, it's w- hopefully this is just stylized for Fortnite and not something that um we would expect to see elsewhere. The pieces are all really nicely done from a sculpt perspective. There is really nice detail on the uh, chainmail of on his sleeves. The breastplate is really nicely sculpted. He's got a, a sort of black kerchief around his neck that has got some nice drapery in it. The there's nice detail on the uh, boots and some kind of bunching of fabric on the the legs of his pants. Um, I I really cannot kind of fault it sculpting wise the accessories are really nicely detailed and paint wise this is great there um are is definitely some casting in different colors of plastic so i feel like there's most of this the figure has been cast in a black material but then the pieces like his breastplate etc um there is paint there's like some almost looks like a blood stain um on him that's on the weird axe hammer um knife rake thing and i'm just going to change it up every time i describe it and uh that is pretty cool um and even his shield and his tommy gun have got very very decent paint apps on him he does. He's got pretty funky boots, and he does have 
uh, the articulated toes. I, I, I've never been an articulated toe fan. I don't think I have like a toe. And I was actually going to ask you because you were talking about this with your review, Adam. Like, you know, what, what, why are they a thing? What, why do we need them? Do we need toe them? articulations? Yeah. Which what? Um, yeah. I don't know. I think there some figures do need them because they otherwise don't balance. Um, or if you want to try and put your figure into kind of a ready to launch off kind of pose, but I think there's plenty of figures that get a toe articulation that just don't need them. Um, but it's one of those weird things of why do you, why would you give a figure a ball jointed ankle and then not give it toe articulation to some extent, provided that you can make both look good? Um, because it's a, I want to put the foot right back in a in a pose like I'm starting to run, but then I can't actually balance it. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I'm not the articulation guy, so I just I just kind of like, you know, it looks angly, but I'm sure that it has a kind of practical purpose. And he is actually pretty easy to pose, and, um, you know, he's not uh, going to – what did you say, Ben? He's not going to fall over if you slam the door? um the uh yeah so the it, like it's it is a really fun figure um the it's got double jointed knees as well i, sh- I should say um and um, great fun i i'm i'm going to call this a 8 out of 10 i my objections are first of all from a packaging point of view giving me this nice packaging and then Sealing the the stand uh, to the inside of the pretty packaging makes no sense, and I dislike that. Uh, the the hip and thigh pieces are the bits that I don't love about this, um, and I I know that they're they are quite covered up by the armor here, but I can see them you know, not being great. But this is fun, and if you like Fortnite. Or you like the exclusive skins like Black Knight, or you're interested just to see what McFarlane can do in terms of articulation, then I think this is worth having a look at. Mm. Cool. Cool, yeah. cool. So, is, does, does, does it come with a whole lot of little wizards? <laughs> no. because i'm trying to work out if i can make that oh it's a scythe joke <laughs> no but do you, do you know the really funny thing though is that the moment that i that i took him out of the um uh packaging as i was trying to kind of move him one of his arms popped off <laughs> and i was like just a flesh oh. wound <laughs> exactly <laughs> but it popped right back in it's just like you know, a ball joint thing but i but i really i was gonna i should have taken a photo with it it's just a flesh wound <laughs> so you know I'm, I'm still stuck on the whole stand attached to the packaging type thing and you know we talk about this again and again don't we that yeah. before this stuff goes out into collectors' hands, a bunch of people sit around a tea, uh, around a table and go, yep, all good. That's great. I don't know that That's they great. do. Yeah. But somebody but has to the other thing is, do they? Just, well, somebody has to decide that, I mean, I, I don't know, and maybe these workplaces are different, are different from, you know, anywhere that I've ever worked where, you know, you, you, everything is death by meeting. And I'm sure, you know, we some of our... Um, decisions still 
end up in things where they go, I can't believe people did this. Uh, but you just feel like, well, look, it's the same. It's not that different from the, I guess, like, you know, quality assurance and user testing that's meant to go into producing software. You still go through all that and then produce things that don't work or don't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's also possible that it's one of those things where some of these things just get left to sorting out late in the piece and when the, when they're going okay but there's no budget to deal with that so tough shit it goes out as it is like get it done for five bucks or less and you can have it but otherwise i'd love yeah we didn't leave we didn't think about where we were going to put the stand in when we did the molding of the plastic tray and <laughs> so now yeah. it's got to go somewhere and we can't throw it in loose well, they were, yeah, they were going, that's a problem we can solve later on in the piece and we've got budget set aside for it, but something else went wrong and something else went wrong and something else went wrong and we chewed up all that extra budget because it was the least high priority. So, yeah, you get that. Yeah. But then they may as well just sticky tape it to the back of the hall. <laughs> well, or, or put it in, 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 in uh, you know, but it, yeah, put it in, in like a, a little plastic baggie behind mm. the thing and there was mm. yeah. lots of room for it to slide around but it just wouldn't um it's just bizarre particularly when there's an insert like yeah it's on a, a printed color insert um that because there is like a, a tray in there so could they even could have put it on the back of the the tray and if you ripped that off it wouldn't kind of make it look weird from the inside so you know just one of those things. It'll be interesting to see whether they stick with that now for future waves or whether they improve it. Maybe they didn't decide until the last minute that they no. were going to do stands or that they were going to have the budget to do stands or whatever. Yep. So thanks for the stand. <laughs> They're probably like, damned if we do, damned if we don't. <laughs> yeah, right. We're never going to eat the end of this. They, what they should have done is Mezco and given us four extra trays to put the stand. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's so it. Like, next time, box. Yeah, yeah, next time this this Scott fella orders from us, we're just going to give him his own special stand, and they're just going, "That's Scott's one." I can see it now. Is that Scott's here? Great. I'm going <laughs> to stick that stand awesome. down my jocks for a moment first. And, yes. Excellent. <laughs> okay. All righty. Very good. <laughs> Thank you for that, Mr. Scotty. And uh, the sad news is we have come to the end of our show. Uh, but we just want to let you know that if uh, if you have any feedback for us, if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, uh, don't be afraid to email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out. You can also contact us through all of the usual uh, social media platforms, but don't forget on Facebook, we actually have the AFB Collector Community, which yes. is a, uh, a nice little group where there is uh, much chatting and, and discussing, and people may moaning endlessly about uh, McFarlane taking over DC. Oh, wait, that was just me. Um, <laughs> so. Yes. Well, there you yeah. go. And, I mean, it was, there, there, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the, the group because there is some really great discussion happening there, which is awesome. So if you haven't already joined, do come and say hi. And also don't forget that uh, we are now on Spotify and we would love you to go there and follow us so that, we have friends. 
I shall do that. Mm, I shall. I've, I've just realised with the, the DC thing that the full-jointed ankles will probably look life accurate on the Flash. Like, if you're doing that much running, is they're not going to look good. Yeah, well, true. that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, mm. I, it is a... It's a stylized thing, isn't it? I would much, I much prefer the ankle rockers. Um, but he's got really sorry. Now we're doing the review again. But <laughs> just when you thought they were done, um, he's got really <laughs> funky. He's got really funky boots, and so the toe articulation actually works quite well um, with them. And uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <sighs> now I'm done. Cool. It was only because Adam, you know. There's, Again. there's a, there's a yeah. delay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that one was actually delaying my thinking. <laughs> well, between now and, and next episode, Adam, save them up, and uh, and you can hit us then. Oh, oh man, that was fun. <laughs> we are going to come back next week and do this again. So until then, I'll catch you next time. Bye bye. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 